one. Go, go, go. Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on Solitaire Board Gaming. I'm your host, Julius, and this is episode 266. Eh, it's a tower defense game. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Albert? Doing all right, Julius. How are you? Hello, everyone else. So I hear that you are a big fan of tower defense games. <laughs> I I actually, I enjoy them a lot. I haven't played one in years until recently. Um, the problem is they're very addictive. <laughs> you know, I will spend a lot of time sinking into them and that's not good. Not good for me. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't play. I don't play so much tower defense games. I mean, I say this as I'm about to talk about Kingdom Rush, which is at least themed as a tower defense game. I will question whether or not it actually is a tower defense game, but we'll get into that. I suppose. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because it's really, in my opinion, a polyomino game. Oh, okay. So you're building the path, not the, well. And I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But yeah, the the video game is definitely a tower defense game. You build your little towers, and you watch the baddies come along, and you kill them hopefully before they reach the other side. And much of that same element is present in this game. You have a path that the baddies are going to be going through. They keep coming through the path. Your goal is to survive through the entire wave by summoning out damages and things from your towers to be able to handle all of the baddies, make it all the way through, you win, fail to make it all the way through, and they do damage, you lose. Yep, sounds like a tower defense. (laughs) Yeah, so this game came out in 2020, and I'll be honest with you, I was kind of confused. I thought we were talking about a different game. I thought we were talking about Kingdom Death Monster. Oh, I'm not going to be talking about that one. <laughs> okay. So I had been really confused and I'd heard of it and I saw the game at the game store and the art, that doesn't sound, doesn't look like a Kingdom Death Monster. That looks too yeah, cute. This one is a light, <laughs> cute, cartoony art type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's the art assets from the original game, I believe. And it's got that same silly type of idea of, of people running at it. It is a fully cooperative tower defense game, and they call themselves a tower defense game. I just don't like that term. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it, it sticks true to the original Kingdom Rush app, but it is definitely not Kingdom Death Monster. Okay. It is a large box, though, I will say. Oh, is it? Okay, so this, is, this game is published by Lucky Duck Games, which we haven't talked about them before, but they, they make a lot of solo-friendly games. I don't think we have. That is true. I think we have because I thought I think we talked about Chronicles of Crime. Okay, did we? I don't, I don't remember that at all, but maybe. Now we're going to be talking about them again next week. So it's not much of a spoiler there, considering how many solo friendly games they have. <laughs> Wasn't even aware that time aligned like that. But yes, currently we are talking about Kingdom Rush. Specifically, we are talking about the Kingdom Rush Rift in Time. There is an expansion for this that was on. Um, I think it was on uh, GameFound or BackerKit. I don't know what. But there's an expansion. I don't have the expansion. I just have the original game. So that is all we're going to be talking about today. Okay. There's actually a couple of expansions for it right now. Already available. And another one there's, on the way, maybe? Stand yeah, there's a the big way. expansion that it's available. There's mini, like, mini stuff for it. Not a big thing. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And they're all, all the expansions are low stock right now on... Uh, their website possibly because they're in the middle of restocking for the expansion yeah yep that makes sense 
But let's get right into it, Albert. What would you like to hear about first? We've kind of talked about the theme of plenty. Um, it's a tower defense-ish kind of game. We've kind of given the summary already. So I guess let's do the rules. Sure. The rules are... <sighs> first, <laughs> let me say the rules are long. There's um, a lot of pages, yes. There's a lot of pages. Now, the, the rules themselves come with a whole appendix at the end of it with all the different game terms and types of things you can get and effects and actions and shenanigans and a whole list of details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seemed pretty handy, though. I'm looking at digitally only, and the, the layout, the order of the pages seems a little weird to me. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it's just me. But the appendix comes, and then there's an index and and reference things that felt like they should be on, on player cards, maybe in handouts versus... In there the is player but, cards and handouts, too, that come okay. with the game. So a lot of that is referenced back. Okay. So, yeah, so maybe it's not too bad. It looks really nice, too. Let me add that. Yes. Well, that, we'll talk about that when we get to components, I think. Right now, I'm just talking about the rules. And it, I have to mention the the fact that they are extensive. Uh, there is a set of like helper cards and reference cards for things. So some of it is mentioned in the original one. And a lot of the iconization is pretty clear. I mean, the game is, it doesn't feel as difficult as the rules make it out to be, <laughs> but there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of stuff that, can involve itself on where things are going and what sort of stuff is happening and stuff and nonsense. And I don't know. It, it seemed like the rules made it more complicated. And when I sat down and played, it played more easily than the rules themselves. That being said, <laughs> the rules are just fine. The rules go through the steps of the game and how you win and how you upgrade and stuff that you do between turns and during turns and all that stuff. It was clearly explained. I was able to play. Um, yeah. So there you go. Okay. As I said, they look really nice. The, the layout is it's attractive. It's just really attractive. There's also a, a scenario book. To me, in my mind, scenario book is just part of the rule book, just in a separate. Is it? Stable. In my <laughs> scenario... mind, they always are. Yeah. The scenario book is just a layout for the sort of thing. The game, and I will mention a con that I have with the game. The game, to a degree, in my opinion, suffers from, and I'll call it a Gloomhaven problem. The game has a whole bunch of scenarios, and the scenarios are different. The scenarios feel different and approach different and challenge you in different ways. And the scenarios are all fun. In order to set up the scenarios, there's a pile of path tiles, 18 of them in specific. And the path tiles are different sizes and shapes. So they're not all straight square. They're not all straight. They're not all the same type of thing. Some have trees here. Some have path here. And so there are a bunch of different layouts and different sizes. And you're required when you're setting it up to look at the game map and think, well, where do the different tiles all go? Uh, how do I lay it out? Which which of these mm. 18 tiles is required and in what configuration and where do it? You have to figure out all, you have to go through all of that. And, and do it up front. 
you have to you have to do it up front and it takes a fair amount of time to set up it felt like in gloomhaven where i've got a whole set of piles of of scenario tokens and map boards and spots that we start and spots that they start and things that get out of the way and traps and all of this setup it's not as bad as gloomhaven but <laughs> it is more significant than i felt like it needed to be i would have preferred if i ran the zoo I would have preferred if it had even just been a whole bunch of slightly larger tiles, slightly larger than the other stuff that goes on top of it, but slightly larger tiles and all of them just be square. And the game says lay out green spaces here and path spaces here. And you can pick any green spaces and any path spaces. Even if you wanted to be cool and deluxe, you could have made them puzzle shaped so that all of them were interchangeable. All of them had one in, one out, one on the right, one on the left. Mm-hmm. You can even have made it so that all of them flip over and things like that and make them puzzle shapes so that they slot together. Currently, the, these ones do not slot together. And it's definitely possible to mess up the board when you're playing. So <laughs> you could have done that. And I wish, I yeah. wish, wish they had done that because that would have made setup so much easier. Well... Who was it? Colin Powell that said, you don't play the games you wish you had. You play the games you do have. I believe I that's right. That. <laughs> so. I don't agree with that. That is not our job, Albert. No matter how much we love a game, it is our job to critique it and tell them what they could have done better. Yeah. Okay, yes. But that's not the game you're going to play today. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah. That that's a shame. That that yeah, I I could get that. Though I don't like the setup in games that have tiles where you're digging through a box and finding the right tiles and flipping them and rotating them and whatnot. That's that's a hassle. I it is a hassle. I, I I like what uh the Gloomhaven Jaws of Lion did, where it's a nice book. They could have done that too instead of tiles. You know, just even loose sheets would be fine, right? Like I mean, they have to be really board. big. Well, okay. These are really big between all these things. This it takes up a fair amount of space, so it wouldn't have fit on a book. Okay, but so so after you've set it up, I guess then after we're going to move on to that. Oh no, we're still talking components. I forgot we're talking components. Well, we had been finishing up on rules, but yes, we'll move over to components. So let's talk about the rest of the components. We've talked about these map tiles. Um, The game comes with five heroes, and each hero has a mini and a board and you'll use the board to store your special card and your special ability. And you'll use your mini to run around on the board and, you know, kill things. <laughs> okay. um, and that do you have to use a hero or does every player have a hero automatically? Every player has a hero. You have to pick one of them. All of the okay. heroes have a special power that's associated with them, associated with them. In addition to the powers that you'll get by buying, um, uh, by buying towers, turrets, gotcha. okay. things. So now in the video game, I have unlocked heroes, but I don't have any. I could buy some for like five bucks, but uh, they seem to not be required or something, at least as far as I've gotten, which is not too far. No, they're required in this one. It's it's very much okay. part and parcel of the Interesting. game. Okay. Yeah. Then um, oh, I'm glad that they're free. You don't have to pay extra for them. <laughs> Well, you only get the first five and they're only free once you buy the gigantic box. There are more that are available. I actually did buy a sixth one. um, And I'm I'm not sad about that because the sixth one's pretty cool, but it 
doesn't fit in the box so well, but I'm not even getting into that. <laughs> That's expansion <laughs> problems. We're not going there. Okay. Um, so that is your heroes. They come with special abilities and they come with spells that you can buy over the course of the game. Um, there are tower cards. There's a little insert that comes with the uh, with the game. The insert has been upgraded and I now have the upgraded insert. Um, so it's it's really just used to organize the towers because there's four different types of towers and each tower has the base and three upgrades. So linearly upgrade, you can go one, two, three. And it's all arranged in a nice little insert to make it easy to buy those things over the course of the game. Um, the towers are placed on these transparent plastic cards. The building, the towers, excuse me, go out on these building, these clear plastic cards that are used to mm -hmm. know which player can put on which spot. So based on player counter, if you're playing solo, however many hands you want to play, uh, those will determine where it is that you're allowed to put towers out on the different slots that are on the board. Those have to go out during setup. They're clear i didn't really have any issues with it there's an upgrade you can have to make them into 3d towers which makes them Ooh. stand off the board those are a nice addition but it just causes more storage problems on my shelf so i right. didn't really yeah. address that one uh in order to determine the bad guys that come out those are these cards that are the same size basically as the towers they are put in these plastic trays that are the same size as the cards the same size as those imaginary tiles that I determine with the size of a square, essentially. So you'll shuffle up whatever cards it is that you're supposed to be playing with during the scenario. And then every time more guys will come out of the portal, in case starting down the tower defense line, you'll plop them in one of these trays. Having them on one of these trays is useful for so many reasons, because the core part of the game is when you deal damage, it allows you to put out these damage tiles, which are these polyominoes um kind of similar to like isle of cats or project l or these other sort of polyomino games there's going to be damage tiles in various different shapes and also um soldiers in individual units that you'll be able to put out and the goal is to cover the monsters on the horde cards that are placed on the horde trays ah. with different sorts of damage if you can completely cover all of the monsters with damage then you will have successfully defeated that horde and will be defeated from the board. Fail to do that, and they will continue to march on down past your line until finally they reach the end of the, uh, end of the tile map, and they will get to these exit tiles that are placed at the exit, shockingly enough. If they get all the way to the exit tile, then you will take damage to the city, and there's heart tokens to show damage, and if that happens too much, then you will end up losing. Mm -hmm. the idea of having it be with its own plastic tile is great it is mm -hmm. so nice to have that that is the most important part of being able to make this game work well and smoothly once you have it set up once you have it set up having those horde trays where you can move a horde along from space to space and maintain the the damage maintain that specific horde keep everything moving easy easily and smoothly Ah, very good. Very nice that they've included. Mm -hmm. There's more than enough of those. There's 12. I've never had to run out or worry about it. It works great to make all of that work really well. That's a nice touch. Um, as you defeat them, 
you will be collecting these crystals. And in the base game, the crystals are just chipboard pieces. And you'll use those crystals to buy additional upgrades. I mentioned about those tower cards upgrading. There's a couple other scenario-specific tiles and things, and I'm just not going to get into it. Otherwise, I'll just note they're there. They do things. Okay. Very neat. These these horde trays, um, when you put the monster on, you said you're covering the monster with polyominoes. Yes. Do the polyominoes have to fit within the tray only, or could they extend out of it? The polyominoes do have to fit within the tray only, but it's not usually a problem. The tray, the monster cards are, I think they're five by five, but I'm not able to. Yeah, they're five by five. And usually it won't matter to you about going over the line so much because they're not filled with monsters. The monsters are some layout within it. Like they'll fill half of it, say somewhere you know in the middle a little bit on the edge so if you put it on the edge and just move in a little bit the issue is less that you can't fit the tiles and more that you're wasting tile space because if you have an l and you just need to kill one more thing you'll be looking around the board like where can i put this to better use can i mm-hmm. wait here until next round i can throw soldier on that just one space and use this L well, or am I really stuck using up four squares of damage to just damage one monster? And you have to be judicious with that sort of thing. So it's not an issue with fitting in the space. It's an issue of using all of your damage. Well. Mm-hmm. And once you've placed it, you can't move the damage anymore. It's, it's uh, Exactly. Good. Which is that whole good thing about the trays. It keeps moving on down the line with all yep. of those damage tokens. Mm, okay. Neat. That does sound pretty interesting. Indeed. It, it's pretty cool. And I do like, we're already getting into the gameplay points. So let me just briefly go over how the gameplay works. And I'm going to start back from the beginning. When you're playing, so the idea is that, again, you have these trays moving through. The primary thing you're going to be doing on your turn is you're going to be First, you will spawn new hordes. You will put out a new card. Every round, another card comes out, moves along, and everything else moves on down. You will then have an opportunity to play more tower cards and hero cards. So everything is represented. Anything you can do is represented by a card. Your heroes have an ability that you can spend the card, essentially play it from your hand at the table, to be able to use your hero to hop around somewhere and damage guys. The heroes are a two by two square on their base. And so you can play your hero card to hop onto a tile. When you do that, you'll be able to damage all of the people that's under you. So essentially it's like a square of damage tiles in addition to running whatever your special powers are. So sometimes you can put additional damage, things like that. Hmm. By putting your hero on a board though you'll be able to slow things down let's say that a board doesn't get filled up um at the end of the round things are going to be moving forward so your hero can hold back the monsters by fighting them but if you're there they're going to be taking some additional damage in order to hold them back but they may want to move more (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's tough. <laughs> okay. That sounds fun. Sounds like a pretty neat 
interpretation of a tower defense game. Right. And in terms, so I've only talked about how the heroes work with the towers. There's spots all around the, the path that they're going to be going through. Everyone has their own spots for towers that you can use on when you're taking your turn, you can either you'll have cards for all of your towers. You can play a card to one of the tower spots and then you can use that tower in order to start dealing some damage. So they can put out, so they can put out some additional uh, magic attacks or some archery attack or some fire attack, things like that. Um, um, so alternatively, instead of actually using a tower, you're able to instead pass your tower cards to another player. When you pass tower cards to another player, that's going to give the other player an opportunity to upgrade those towers. And you'll need to continue to upgrade them because if they're not getting passed, then they're not going to be powerful enough to defeat the enemies at the end of the level, at the end of the round. As the really Mm -hmm. big bad guys are coming out, you need to be doing that in order to be able to get more. Yeah, so you'll need to be upgrading the towers in order to be able to take out the big guys. But the, when you're passing tower cards in order to be able to upgrade, it takes them out of rotation for a round. So you're going to be weak for this round in order to get more powerful for later rounds. There's a lot of push and pull on that. Mm, okay, so it adds, adds some nice tension. Indeed. Okay. Um, sounds like you've described the gameplay pretty well overall. I don't think I can't think of anything that's missing. Um, do the different towers, I guess they have a different range, how far they could hit a monster and that sort of thing. They do like the archery towers can do forward, right and left. The melee units, the ones that launch soldiers, you could just throw a bunch in front of you, but then the soldiers can move around, do stuff like that. And each one of them does different stuff. Like as you upgrade them, like some could be the perfect shot and damage everywhere, or the magicians send out, a whole bunch of different ones all around. Some of them you can move the tiles. Uh, some of them you can't rotate the tiles, so you're stuck with them in a specific orientation. So, okay, yeah, all sorts of things. That's neat. it. Sounds like it's it's very similar to the the video game, but not quite the video game at all. <laughs> it's, I it's having played the video game for like two seconds, I just don't think it it doesn't feel like the video game because the video game is all about. Yeah the tower management and just stand there and try and put the towers in the right spots. Mm-hmm. You're playing this game and like, you're, you're going to fill all the towers. Every single tower spot is going to be there. The challenge for this one is about the polyominoes to me. It's right. about making sure you have the right polyominoes and you're choosing the right times to upgrade, to get newer, better polyominoes while not, while not reducing your strength of power this turn. And that's why I described it as a polyomino game. That's yeah. where I think it lives. A lot of this, the, the reason why I'd originally invested in this is because uh, I was enjoying very much Isle of Cats. And I was enjoying playing it solo, I was enjoying playing with my family. But uh, playing with my family is more difficult because it wasn't cooperative. This is purely mm-hmm. cooperative. Everyone's working together and still challenging and tackling the polyomino nature of it. And I like that all of us are working together. It feels like sort of a cooperative Isle of Cats type of game. And I really like that about it. I like that polyomino play. I like that skill and strategy in it. And I didn't really like the, to tell you the truth, I didn't really like the app original inspiration for the game. I, I didn't like the tower defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
You don't like tower defense games so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're fine. To me, they're fine. You just sort of sit there, you click, and then you watch a little movie rolling along in front of you. And you get to interact with it some, but yeah, it's a lot of just waiting. <laughs> Not so, so for this one. Yeah, so that's interesting. And when I said it's it's like the video game, I mean, it sounds like they got the theme pretty well and they got all the different components of the video game in there. But realizing it wasn't going to be, it's not something that would really work well as a board game because if you tried to make the video game a board game exactly, it ended up being very fiddly, I think, in that they didn't work. So instead, they made it ways to, to make it more interesting and kind of accomplish the same or similar goals. I mean... There's a fair amount of fiddliness to it because there's so many yeah. different damage tiles and things that are associated with it. There's there are 176 different damage tiles, and they're laid <laughs> out in like different. There's like eight or nine different types of them that you set up and you put them all out to keep it all organized. And you you have to keep them organized because each different type of tower really is involving different types of damage tiles, and then at the other round you sort of or whenever you kill a horde tray you clear them all off and put them in all of the right spots okay so so it's interesting you it sounds like you like the game and it sounds like you don't like the game and i can't decide overall where you stand so i kind of think i want to jump forward into the overview and and hear your thoughts about this game or is this well, a game i'm you're, surprised you're you can't tell what i stand right i really enjoy the game i think okay. that it is a very good game I really highly recommend it. I just wish the setup was a little bit easier. So much so that mm-hmm. I'm kind of, you know, this is the sort of thing where I'm in the market for some aftermarket type stuff because I'm ready to invest more to make the game better and make the game more approachable because I really do enjoy that aspect of the game. I enjoy the gameplay itself. I just wish I could make setup easier so that it would come off my shelf more often. But if I had a magic wand to wave and just auto set it up, um, the the game would be absolutely amazing. (laughs) That's what the video game is for. (laughs) Could be. So, but you said, so you said it's got 150 damage counters. 176. 176. Okay. That's, that's a lot. That does sound fiddly. Is it, is it hard to sort through them when you're playing or, or is it all pretty? I've, well, no, I've, you're saying you need, you need to organize it better. Yeah. I've long since organized it so that each different type has its own different slot. And now there's the upgraded damage, the upgraded tile trays that they mm-hmm. shipped out as part of their second Kickstarter. And I bought the upgrade tile trays to make the organization to use their form of the organization. And it's, it's the same. It just looks nicer than my plastic, and cardboard setup that I put together. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you have to, okay. you have to be organized. You must be organized. Otherwise it's just not going to go. But when you're playing, it flows really well. Gotcha. How many scenarios does it have? I don't remember. Ballpark, a dozen, 20, 50, 20. Okay. That's not bad. Have you played many of them or, or are you playing the same ones over and over much? I have played through all of them at least once. Okay. Um, the reason why I'm hesitating is because I don't have the, the whole thing out in front of me. And I know that I have mixed into my box, some bonus scenarios and other okay. expansion type stuff. And so I would have to check and see which is which and where all that stuff. Goes oh, that's to, okay. We're, we're just looking for a ballpark clearly. idea. So we just want to get a sense of what it's like if somebody's going to get it right. Yeah. Doesn't have to be exact. Um, do you feel each each scenario is replayable? Then pretty replayable. Are there oh, some you sure. like way more than others? 
Um, you said they're pretty different. They feel different. They feel like they continue to build on themselves. But even so, even doing the first couple ones, it doesn't have some of that additional interaction with like portals and the bad guys doing other special things. It's sort of lighter, but it's still fun. And it's a dash, it's certainly fun to play with my kids on the lower difficulty scenarios. Gotcha. Okay. So the video game has something where when you finish a level, you get a number of stars depending on how well you did. No. Once you've gotten three stars, it unlocks a, a different way to play that first scenario. No, nothing like nothing, that. Not nothing that I'm like, aware of. Okay. okay. Be, yeah, it, it changes the game. Like the, the first scenario says, oh, okay, now you got to play the scenario again, but this time you can only use these certain types of buildings, these towers. You can't use all the towers yeah. and things like that. Or no, I'm not when you familiar play, with anything like that. Yeah. Okay, well, that'd be neat if they did that as extra challenges, maybe. Do you plan to get the expansions? What do you think? No, I, because the issue becomes enough? that, yeah, I've got enough, and I don't want it to, because it takes so much time and it's hard to get to the table, I don't really want it taking up more room on my shelf because it's mm-hmm. a big box, and I just don't think I can oh, gosh. countenance another big box. Yeah, and if you have two to boxes to sort through to find all the pieces you need that... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that would be a nightmare. I guess you're right. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's pretty neat. There's a pretty neat sounding game. If you want more for it because you're obsessive, like some people, like myself, for example, you might want to get the rest, but you'll probably only ever play with the first one because that's all you need. I am not that <laughs> that's obsessive. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I am not that obsessive kind of guy. I'm perfectly fine just having this one and enjoying it until it leaves my shelf. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, with that, Albert, I'm afraid that I need to rush because I've got people calling me in the background. (laughs) All right, Julius. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractalude on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.